So you live to die another day. Colonel. At last. I was beginning to think you'd never guess. Was it painful? The movie? You couldn't possibly imagine. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, but there have been compensations. Like watching you flail around in your ignorance. Granting you life day by day just to see if you get wise. It's been fun. Well, the fun is about to come to a dead end. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to the James Bond Complex, the podcast where we discuss and rejoice in all in shapes and forms from Fleming to film and everything in between. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason Kim. We also have... Crickets. Oh, me. Also... Me, Matt, Matt, Matt. <laughs> I was wondering who's going to go first there. It's Matt. <laughs> and Emery, I'm here as well. And today, for our year of the 60th anniversary jubilee of James Bond, we're going to celebrate one of the many um, major milestone anniversaries within the franchise in itself. We're just going to talk about my personal favorite, of course, the 20th anniversary of Die Another Day. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest, uh, the best. Yeah, Jason's the greatest. Favorite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My my personal favorite. You know, on Her Majesty's uh, Secret Service, Casino Royale, and on top of that, a very top die under the D. I always thought Doctor No, License to Kill, View to Kill were your were your Trinity man. Oh no, I'm giving your ratings. <laughs> oh, you're giving my ratings. It's, oh, it's, okay. it, it, it's you know, it's die under the D. The man with the golden gun. Uh, diamonds are forever. A view to a kill for some people. I actually like that one for many reasons. Anyway, I'm just, well, we'll, 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 we'll stop joking. That's that's another show for another time. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for our Reloaded series, we might have. Yeah. Yep. So this yeah. is uh, for our dear listeners, for our old, for for our continued listeners. This is our Reloaded series of Die Another Day, and for our new listeners, this is an anniversary revisit of. Probably the one of the worst bombs of all time, or as Matthew says, is clearly my favorite. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I don't. I have a hard time now going back and saying this is the the worst Bond movie of all time. It definitely isn't in a top ten, anyone's top ten, unless you're just saying Brosnan movies. It might be in a top ten, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, even I, think, just, I don't. I don't even think Pierce Brosnan puts it on his top ten. <laughs> that's that's. That's for sure. So by the, way, uh, I, I, the last time I watched it, I had like a better appreciation of the movie than I had in, in previous viewings. I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with it, but anyway. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'll say this about any Bond film, and obviously, this since this is at this will this is currently ranked my 25th ranked Bond film on the totem pole, <laughs> and it's gonna be ranked 20. It's gonna be ranked 25th until Bond 26 comes out, and then when Bond 26 comes out, this will be ranked 26th. <laughs> you but, are so uh, wrong, sir. So wrong. But you are so wrong. Like any Bond film, I will. If any, if you, Matthew, or Edgar, or Emery, uh, if or Kyle Barbeau, uh, Billy, Billy, uh, Billy's Bond art. He when I bought his 2022 uh, painting, uh, brilliant wall calendar that he painted for me uh he also s- sent me a postcard of die another day clearly knew it was my favorite bomb film but uh, <laughs> like i always said is uh 
if anyone ever suggests to watch that another day through Zoom party, I will never refuse. And you guys could challenge me that one day. Oh, I def- definitely will. You know, it's, it's, it, it's I mean, it's still a Bond movie. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's at its core, it's still a Bond movie. It's, it's, it basically the plot is License to Kill plus the movie Diamonds Are Forever plus the book Moonraker just all cobbled together into one. And like, here's another Bond movie. It's so, I mean, license for purpose and to Wade, kill, license to kill. And yeah, well, he goes, <sighs> Bond goes rogue. Is where I'm getting that. Yeah, he's been very, very rogue very in 1969. Uh, that's not yeah. a. That's. Mm, eh. Yeah. Okay, I that's mean, a stretch, but the uh, other two uh, stick. I mean, as uh, Matthew and I discussed, if you think about it, guys, I mean, I'm granted they're both anniversary films. Die Another Day and Skyfall at the core are very, very similar because it's about two disavowed, out of shape agents who are trying oh, to get yeah, back we, into I the game. Oh yeah, I remember saying that. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we talked about and that. I wanted to bring that a similarity back up because I was watching uh, because like I, whenever I watch Die Another Day all by myself not with others uh i'll only watch the london portions because the london portions are the only portions of the movie that i find satisfactory the rest of the movies kind of dog <laughs> so it's shit. a very short Wait, hang on. because when bond is in the underground and talking with judy dench in the abandoned tube station you know slash mi6 uh, the dialogue that she has with broston's bond is very similar to the dialogue that she has with craig's bond when craig's bond breaks into her house like you know you should have trusted me to do the job and you know you, you know you've been in playing the game we both for both uh you know long enough and like whereas uh and like i said i watched i did a lot of research be- you know to prep for this episode because it's clearly my favorite bomb movie is uh some of the other mo- videos you worked too I hard were- for this show <laughs> not worth it just watching the production videos uh you know of Die Another, they really show like the stark difference that and the stark improvements that Eon has made since Die Another Day in the Craig era, like in such in the way that they made sure that the writing is all fleshed out and, and the emotions had it hit its emotional punch instead of like you know, like the dramatic scenes just kind of like fell flat in Die Another Day. Because I mean, Purvis and Wade came in in '99 to help rewrite or to help write The World Is Not Enough, the and then not, they, not, yeah, yeah, and then they stayed on for the next you know five movies after die another day so they were kind of there in one shape or another for, for seven movies and mm-hmm. die another day is clearly the worst written uh well i mean besides quantum of solace but it, it's clearly the the worst put together out of all of them i find oh yeah i mean absolutely and one of the re- i mean that's one of the uh, kind of the comments that Purvis and Wade say in a lot of interviews. It's like, oh, people praise us for Casino Royale or, or the brilliance of Skyfall and No Time Die recently, but uh, but then they always comment, you know. But people always forget we also wrote Die Another Day, and you know, and then the, and then the better no, but the better comment they always say is, you know, the invisible car that we always get criticized for in Die Another Day, it was in Casino Royale too. You just didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that they have a sense of humor about themselves but it, i mean it was a movie and people tend to forget about that is that it was although it was released in 2002 it was conceived like months if not years uh before uh 9 11 and 
it, it kind of changed culture as a whole because things people were less like flippant people didn't accept flippant heroes they used to do when they're super cavalier about uh, certain aspects uh of with violence um and months before diane d came out uh, we all know that born uh was released and yeah. in, in the wings we had uh i mean triple it, x it, vin diesel is triple x shaken and stirred yeah i it's 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 It, people tend to forget, but yeah, and you know, uh, it, what, two uh, two years before that day, uh, we had Mission Impossible 2. and for, people also forget, but MI2 is a big success. It was a problem, if I'm, my memory is correct, it was bigger uh, a bigger earner than the first Mission Impossible uh, movie. And I mean, box office of five hundred forty six million. I've just uh, oh, yes, yeah, so, so, thank you, Mr. So, So I mean, not, I know those numbers top of my head. If you guys, and then uh, it, it did earn better than Die Another Day, but and, you also got to remember Tom Cruise in the nine late '90s, early 2000s was the biggest movie. Star. Yeah, but this uh, of is not course. But uh, as, as for Mission Possible, when you look at components of that film, uh, you know, uh, you, you, it, besides the uh, flippant action and the crazy CGI. Uh, influenced stunt and the John Woo uh, wire foo uh, that is clearly in Diana. You have also a uh, lead uh, Afro-American female lead, which was, it seems like, like it was uh, one of the principal um, inspiration for uh, the casting of uh, Miss Ali Berry. Uh, I didn't, I didn't I mean, like how they, she was written. I didn't like how it was portrayed. And I think it was, it was not how Halle Berry's job at as being an actress because she was fantastic the year before in swordfish um but like she comes to this movie and it's just it's poorly so. written her part and like it's just kind of like pushed together like right in your face like because they were prepping for sure like purpose and wade even said it there they were prepping to write her spinoff this movie is just so very early 2000s like in 2000s pop culture like it was trying so hard it lost to, to me it lost everything about the british essence of bond and it, it tried to hit the mtv generation like well i mean i was 14 at the time and at the four, at 14 eighth grade thanksgiving like thanksgiving break i my dad took me to see this movie i, I enjoy or i have fun with it but you know like obviously find problems with the later and especially these days like i'm like and this is like everything just felt like so forced like trying to like grab the nt mtv america's america's mtv generation and it was just so very 2000s and a lot of things just don't hold up like like when zal when halle berry's jinx is tied up in the late before she gets into the laser field uh zal asks who sent you your mama and she told me to tell you she's really disappointed in you and i was like <laughs> that's yeah. like that's such, i mean how many i mean that's that that was like things that i said like you know in middle school Yo, in middle mama. school yeah like you're like hey yeah, where, who told I'm, you to do, do this like your mom and then it, that was like but you don't hear middle schoolers or high schoolers of 2022 say that because like it was such a 2000 like a very late 90s 2000s uh like trope i wonder what another he, trope he says that, in french though i the french of, i'll have to rewatch that ton, movie ton mère. Ton mère. <laughs> Maman, elle m'a dit de te dire que tu l'avais beaucoup déçu. 
I don't know. I don't know. But I, I want to bring up that. You, you, so, so you like this movie at one point when you're, you are the appropriate age to enjoy such a movie. And that's the thing. I think this movie was not, you know, they always say that Bond, Bond movies are uh, comic book movies for, for the grown up uh, section. And this is a comic book movie for 12 year old kids. I've, I've shown it. Way. I've shown it to a twelve-year-old kid. I need like the picture, and that's that's the thing. The thing that people forget, and some people, if they were honest with themselves, and you know, they, I, I kind of liked that movie when it came out. I'm, I'm not saying it's the greatest movie. I still, you know, the Brazen Cannon. I probably still prefer, probably prefer all the other ones uh, besides this one. But it is entertaining. It is fun. And but speaking uh, of the marketing, the, all the brands, I remember I, in 2005, still on the shelves, the razor that Brosnan used. Phillips, the Phil- I, ha- yeah. I have, I don't have that that specific razor, but uh, I have, I have a Phillips electric razor. But not but, just uh, that, like the marketing for video games, and it was marketed really towards teenagers and kids because I remember. Night um, Fire came out, I think, because like yeah. I was in eighth grade at the time. So, like, Night Fire came out like December 2002, like PS2, PC, and all this game. That's but, the uh, weird the one PS- with Brosnan's face, but not his voice, right? Yep. Yeah, it's so weird when you play that game. He's like, what? 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 Nice landing, James. Why do you always seem to end up on top? A lower center of gravity. But it's that it, whole I era, mean, like the whole Brazen era is marketed towards teenagers because you had you had Goldeneye on the 64, and then you had the two follow-up games. You know, you had uh, Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough came out on PlayStation and all that as well. And then all these other video games followed because we all all as teenagers were into that. And what era of gaming we're still we're still in N64 land or was like the six, GameCube no, this, and game, game, no, yeah, game, GameCube. Yeah, GameCube. The first game on GameCube, GameCube uh, wouldn't yeah. it have been? No, they never yeah, made yeah. one I mean, for Die on a Day, but it, it's it, it would. It was it was it, Nightfire, and I wonder Nightfire, why. Yeah. Not because Nightfire, Nightfire had a lot of element. I mean, Agent Under Fire came out in two thousand one, like, which was a great game, by the way. And Nightfire, I liked it. I didn't love it. And then Everything or Nothing came out in two thousand four, and that was clearly the best. Pierce Brosnan game. Another 2000s thing, thing in this movie that felt very tropey was uh, the surfing scene yeah. into North Korea. Like it really didn't do anything for me either. Like I get it. Like it was like the year when Triple X came out, and 2002 is also when uh I forget her name, but uh what's it's the movie was called Blue Crush. Oh, it's uh Superman Live Returns uh, Lois Lane. That's yeah yeah uh, what's that, that chick. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Um, uh, from Kate, 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 Kate Bosworth. That's what it was. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no, no, uh, no, no. Kate, Kate Bosworth was in it. It doesn't and, bother uh, me. The, the surf scene, I mean, there, how many stunts did the, uh, Moore do back in the day? Even that, they all get subbed by uh, Stuntman at one point. I mean, I, 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 but it's I, mean, CGI, I don't really. It's me, it, no, 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 it's, no, it's not. No, because like, it's not CGI. Like I said, the, the yeah, no, no, they CGI. actually. The surfing the is actually, yeah, the opening surfing is. The opening surfing isn't, but in, I mean, it's still, it feels like, let's put in surfing because X Games are really cool right now. And people like that yeah. extreme lifestyle. Also, but for me, it just doesn't scream Korea to me. Like you, know it what, screams, yeah. you know what? The yeah. California, yeah. no. 
it serves no purpose in the, yeah. the intrigue at all. And it's not something like he doesn't surf back into Korea at the end of the movie. It's just there five seconds and just you're just what? what you could have shown them just climb on the beach and oh okay we're, we're it could climbing. have been a boat they could have done a throwback to goldfinger they did a throwback to goldfinger because like he, him and then the two korean eight just take off their wetsuit and they're underneath them right yeah they did, uh, kind of. i actually i did like that and uh i really like the night vision goggles that the three bond and the three two agents wear like it really reminds me of the splinter cell the the sam fisher from splinter cell where whereas uh, in his missions and and when I was watching the video like when the surfers were actually surfing in Maui Hawaii uh, and they were surfing in really high waves and the jet skis and the motorboats had to bring them out because the waves were really high and the surfers said that the night vision goggles were uh, they hated wearing the night vision goggles during this uh, actual shoot because it really impeded their peripheral vision so they were afraid that they would hit the other surfers, but luckily they never did. And because they practiced, they rehearsed over and over. It just, it just didn't feel like it made sense to me in the whole, in the whole oh, thing. No. And then there was the, the parachute and the, there he's kite surfing in these giant waves. And it's like, it, we sure could have could... cut like this by a lot and just had him like, you know, crawl up the beach. Yeah. Or, or, you know, I, mean, I would have been fine with like, you know, like, cause they're invading into a com- communist country. Lee, I mean, when I was watching the documentary, uh, Lee Tamahori said, uh, this is in 2001, 2002. He said, Bond will move into the Bond. He said, Bond is practic uses practical stunts, but into the 21st century, Bond will be 50% practical and 50% digital. And I said, thank God. And I said, my first reaction when I was watching this documentary was, thank God he was wrong. And Mission thank Impossible. He's, he's not entirely wrong, Jason. He's, yeah, but it's not a 50 50 uh, split, Matt. Like, yeah, all the other a, you know what? We got you'd, be, you'd probably be surprised at the amount of work. I mean, you just look at the credits of the film, The Most Morale oh, Brothers in. It's a memorial wall of people, and they don't. But, they, but touch-ups are not necessarily yeah, green screen but stuff. But it's still though. it's it's still the digital effects that people. He, he was right in a way, but not, not in the way he, he thought. Uh, actually, I mean, yeah. you just need to look. What what did he do? With the second triple X movie. That was a CGI fest in itself too, and uh, and uh, I mean he, I mean Lee Tamori admitted like he was like Pierce only came up for like two days to like film his like emotions like you know pulling a bunch of strings and then uh the actual bond surfing in that scene is actually a cgi bond like but the way they read their pierce brosnan was actually pretty impressive and it's and it was very similar to the way pierce brosnan was rendered in everything or nothing video game where he was like in this his entire body was scanned and then they like pasted his uh, face in and uh for our listeners uh, i'm an engineer by the way you cannot surf on tsunami <laughs> Yeah, and because like, like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense in that whole sequence. You can't surf so, a tsunami. Like, I mean, it's like surfing a tsunami because tsunami tr- of that scale usually travels 500 miles per hour, and all the icebergs would have flipped. So they're not; they would not be floating because tsunami. You gotta, you gotta. Uh, I think people fail to understand is it's not a wave; it's a wall. It's a wall that just happens to be made out of water. So like, try surfing. Try skateboarding on a flat wall on a on a ninety degree perpendicular wall, and tell me how that goes. And that's exactly what surfing on a tsunami is like. 
Yeah. Wow, there's two surfing scenes in the same movie in two yeah, different continents. <laughs> Yeah. See that, that that's the thing. Like the the surfing at the beginning could be a setup for what happens later on, but it there's so no uh, no sense of realism that it, it's it's lost. But I mean, you're kind of take you're kind of taken out of the movie. I mean, but but I mean, to, 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 to for I mean, as a visual, I mean, they, they should have. That's a it's a good idea to have something happen on the glacier. I, I mean, whether you kite surf on, on or not on the glacier itself, but glaciers flipping are it, beautiful and scary as hell. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm sharing you a video right now, and it's just oh god, it, it's unfortunate. I wouldn't want to be as close as they are. I mean, hey guys, guys, I've been to Antarctica. You don't need to show me this video, and I've crashed into my. I've, I've been on boats that crash into icebergs, so you know, like there's really not much. Sorry, sir. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, like, so like so like rewatching that the other day, I'm like, this looks this looks like crap because you know, like I've actually been, you know, to better they, they could have done the, the, the sequence in uh the book. You remember at one point, Bond and uh what's her name? I forget now. Galabran. Yeah. They're at the beach. They're sort of frolicking in the water, and somebody uh, explodes some of the the chalk uh, coast. Yeah, yeah. And on uh, them yeah. and tries to bury them. Yeah. You could have done that with with icebergs, and it would have been probably just as exciting, but more engaging as a visual. Like, yeah, I, but they I, did I'm, that, I'm, and the world is not enough. With not, the avalanche. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. It, it is similar, but it's not. It's not. It's not but exactly. it could have. They could have done it because I mean, they did two satellite weapons and with in the same series of, of yeah. Bond movies. I mean, like, why not? But it's, like, it's just that it's the same value in two movies back to back. Like the, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, good point there. But I mean, I mean they uh, still waited. They waited two movies, and they just recycled the same MacGuffin from from Goldeneye, and just said, "Well, let's uh, even. Let's let's just do another satellite weapon." Well, let's completely copy the one from diamonds are forever it's like it's encrusted it's, with diamonds it's been a and... while since we had the nuke we're probably due for a movie where bond goes up against a nuke anytime soon uh speaking of uh, re recycled the uh, elements but i mean i like Whereas... toby stevens like I, I didn't mind him he's got that kind of that arrogance that kind of yeah he was, like, works he was for me. good no that that worked though like when he's playing a sneery british like upper class aristocrat that worked right. but like when he's but he's not Korean. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, you, you lose all the. I, I mean, like the the actor. I can't remember his name now, but the actor who plays the, the Korean version of him, of the Colonel. Well, young, uh, well, young Lee and uh, yeah. actor, and he's very capable. I mean, in the Wolverine, he's uh, he plays uh, he plays. I forget his the character's yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, he's so memorable that you don't remember the character. No, no, but I mean, it's 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 yeah. because it's it's Hibata or anyway, he's 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 a main him. character. Yeah. He's, he's main yeah. character in in the Wolverine and even the comics. Like it's a he's a big character, and he's athletic and all this. It's like, well, couldn't they have just like I, I don't I don't really agree with the whole like let's let's whitewash him to the point of like where he goes from Korean to a British diplomat. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And I can't. And it's also it's all it, with it. I mean, it's also very racist, and that will never it's work. Super racist. It yeah. is super racist. Yeah. Like, well, well let's mean, just admit it. I mean, it's 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 even more racist than anything Fleming has ever said or done. It's I mean, uh, you know, like that. That's the thing. Is like the entire movie of Die Another Day is so bad that. That's actually one of my least pet peeves out of the entire movie. 
And then, uh, oh, I wanted to say, because you brought a Will Young Lee and Zell. And, like, why is the character name, Rick Yoon's character name Zell? Like, that's not even a Korean name. Like, yeah. That's, it's, they're just generalizing, then, like, Asian names, and they're just throwing in, like, you know, uh, Zell. Does it mean anything? Is it Chinese? Uh, I, I don't even know if it's, if it is, and then I zoomed up on the North Korean uniforms. Like, the hats actually said, said, are actually accurate Korean, but like the uniform patches, like it was just gibberish. Like it didn't mean anything. I was like, I was like, I mean, like, like I said, I went very into, I, I did my research for this movie and like, it's just like, it's just like little things like that just, that just built up and that just makes this entirely a terrible movie. But and, when uh, you were not, 12, you thought it was the greatest film of all time. But I mean, like, Matt no, showing the, the you have to regress. Now, the you have to meet the movie at where it's at. It's a movie for. Uh, I mean, I mean, when Grave when Grave starts being Korean, like that took me away from the movie, and I really hated it. Yeah, you know what? For for that, I I I see, and I can relate to that because when you have uh, people that are supposed to be French or in some case French Canadian, and they don't have the don't nail the accent at all, it's like uh, what's his face? He used to be actually speaking of Elibery, he used to uh, he, he had a child with her. What's his name? A uh, French actor, a very short Oliver Matt Martinez. He's French, a very French name. I would have guessed and, that right away. I saw him on the he, Wikipedia, and I'm like, God, oh, it's Spanish. He he, <laughs> he he played a French Canadian movie in uh, Angela Jolie movie, and is it's just distracting. You hear him, and you're just like, Oh God, I can't. Watch. I couldn't watch that movie. I have to watch it. Uh, you know, with subtitles and muted because it's it's it it takes me out. I so I, I mean, George, that, that, George St. Pierre that, speaking English with his French Canadian accent. And I mean, what is he supposed to be? Uh, sort of a uh, somebody from the Middle East. I find yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. like oh god. Thankfully, he I doesn't mean, that, talk much. I mean, this is what I'll say: is I always say this to people who like Die Another Day. Uh, is uh, such as Shamir. Is uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, you talked to Shamir recently. Is but... is like such such as uh, this is this is the biggest insult you could give to Eon is uh, I've seen a lot of movies where Korean is spoken in Hollywood movies, and one thing that sometimes Marvel does better, not in Black Panther, but in Avengers, uh, the the Ultron, Avengers Ultron, they actually hire Korean actors to speak Korean, and not. And when I watch them, I watch a lot of movies with Korean subtitles just to see how it translates in other languages. And in Avengers Ultron, none of the Korean is ever translated in Korean. Whereas when every actor is speaking Korean and dying another day, even the Korean actors, they're all translated because their pronunciation is so bad. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably why. <laughs> I mean, and then the father, oh yeah, the, the father was Chinese, which, I, which didn't bother me much but like his korean pronunciation was pretty shit too i mean like yeah he's not korean I mean, that, but that's 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 what okay, my point I, is it's okay, like you we, know we, you're you're getting i think we can agree the korean is shit and dire <laughs> but, but i mean why but I, we should be doing better though like we should be doing better generally it's 2002 i mean it. Yeah. It, it was not a controversy at the time for a uh a, a oh, it was a, it was that, oh, oh it was a controversy in korea like because like that Barbara Broccoli and Pierce Brosnan already need the backlash the Koreans South Korea yeah, getting the Koreans, in South Korea but the, the, the accent but and the casting a very f- famous Korean actor named Cha Suri he's a pretty famous act he's a pretty uh he's a pretty well-known actor even to this day and definitely in the 90s Barbara and Michael approached them to play 
Zhao. And when he okay. read the script, when he read the script, he turned it down because he he said the way that the, the Korean dialogue was completely terrible and the way it kind of disrespected the Korean culture and North Korea. Like he said it was a very too westernized portrayal of Korea. And then he he turned yeah. it down and then that Barbara took that and that's why she cast it. Southern California sounding Koreans <laughs> during the premiere, like none of the cast or crew came, whereas Casino Royale, everybody came. So that tells you that 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 speaks volumes of which movie's better. But oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And I mean there, there's some odd casting choices, isn't there? I mean, Halle Berry was is was a hot actress at the time. Her role is just such so poorly poorly written. And there, there's so many things that kind of like they over sexualize her in, in the Cuba scenes. I, I still don't understand why she was you know, having sex with Pierce Brosnan uh, in the bed in Cuba, and then she pulls out a knife and starts cutting up the fruit. And it's just, just so many <laughs> she was hungry. To me. She was hungry. But there's so many she, things that are like... Blood just... sugar was low. She needed a little bit of sugar. But where has she had sex with she's Brosnan? pulling yeah, out it's... of it from like odd places, like the knife I, is like pulling I, out I mean, from under Brosnan her. was... Uh, hadn't had sex in uh, 14 it's months, months. remember correctly. Guy, guy, guy. I guess that's guy, a long guy, time for him. And it's Ali Berry. <laughs> guy was like taking the blue pills for, for 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 that one but when she's running across like when she, when they're escaping from the uh from the hospital, the, uh, ha- the hospital, hospital yeah. i'm no gun expert okay i'm 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 i i in canada we don't have a real big culture of handguns and things like that but when she pulls out this desert eagle out of nowhere and that is a big bulky gun it made zero sense to me like if she had pulled out a small Beretta, I'd be all right. If she had pulled out a PPK, okay. But pulling out this huge, massive, like forty-five <laughs> caliber pistol out of her underwear—like I don't know where oh, it was there, in that wasn't it her in her little bag. But she's yeah, but to she get it out. The bag and she's yeah, but in that little bag, and she's got this huge, like. Makes no sense, and then she's shooting like it's the American Q branch, man. They they make the command. like she's not yeah. even shooting properly. She's just like I, all I can say is gun go pow pow, and I'm happy. And I just want to say I, I love me some Gustav's graves. Uh, I think he's hilarious and he's flippant. I mean, he's unlikable. He's not charming like the other Brazilian villain. He's kind of an asshole. And he's like the I, super asshole version. Oh, he's so Grant. funny. He's just, he just, you can't wait for him to die. He's, <laughs> he's so unlikable. He's kind of like the Enchman that you can't wait to see killed. But it's yeah. your lead bad guy. I mean, yeah. Zhao is more threatening than him, but he's, he's just like an. But I, and I thing, remember, I remember I laughing at his line. Look. Parachutes for the both of us. Whoops! Not anymore. <laughs> I thought it was it was hilarious. I still think it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the thing that always bothered me about Zhao was uh, he's like made up to be this like really ruthless henchman or assassin, but he never even kills anybody on screen. And when <laughs> Halle and and when Halle Berry Roundtable, you're right. He doesn't when, kill anyone. He doesn't like have any, he never has any medicine. He just said, um, Halle Berry roundhouse kicks him to the face and he falls immediately to the ground. Whereas like other henchmen, if you punch or hit them, they're standing still. So like, I was like, that's kind of a bitch henchman. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, they could have done something super creepy with uh, Zhao and Zhao and, um, and, and Gustav Grace. Because at the beginning of the movie, you, I get a, I got a gay vibe out of those two guys. No. <laughs> what happened to you? 
Bond. He knows nothing. I've been this close to him and he still didn't know who I really was. The scene I actually liked was the fencing scene because and having been a fencer in college, like, you know, Western fencing, so I, I fenced foil. I never fenced epee or saber. And the choreography was really well done. And the person who did the choreography was Bob Anderson, who was, who himself was a British saber and foil gold medalist at the 1950 Auckland Summer Olympics. And during the early 2000s, he also trained the Lord of the Rings team, the Lord of the Rings cast and crew for the fencing scenes. And I've seen videos of him training like Rosamund Pike. And I didn't know this. I always thought that the fencing was all stunt people, stuntmen, but Pierce and Toby actually performed like 90% of that things. And they said like minimal dub, doubles are used. And like, I actually, and the, the video actually showed like Pierce like taking his fencing monsters. Like, wow, this was a good workout. And the, the leg work that each actor did was really, was really spot on. And, and the actor who, or the, person who trained Bob Anderson, the fencer who trained them out. I didn't know this, but he was also the stunt double for Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi for all this oh, lightsaber yeah. fight. You have learned much, young one. He also trained the crew also on Pirates of the Caribbean. And we also talked about this in our detour episode, Matthew Zorro. And yep. another another cool uh, detour was he was the consult fencing consultant in the movie the Lindsay Lohan movie Parent Trap when they're fencing at the summer camp. <laughs> well, I mean, if you got to have an expert, I mean, why not get the best for you know yeah. your ten minute, yeah. not even uh, scene. But I mean, it's it's an impressive scene. I just kind of question like. I understand that that Bond is kind of the champion of individual sports like golf and judo and and etc. The, the fencing seems like a stretch to me. Like, I don't know how believable it is that that he would be this. I mean, it was it was over. And while we're still on the fencing topic, uh, like I, I totally forgot about this. Is uh, Madonna's music video of "Die Another Day"? Like that was actually. I don't even remember if when I saw Billie Eilish's music video, and I'm not even sure if I saw Skyfall music. I mean, I love the song, but I thought. Die another Madonna's Die Another Day music video is excellent. Like I love like she's fencing her like her evil persona and like and she like throws a sword and cuts off a cat's head and there's like all these cool Bond references like littered throughout the music video. Yeah, I don't like the song at all. I really don't like the song at all. Oh no, I, I mean it's so so bad. It's, I mean, it's, it's the worst. I mean it's 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 not the worst. It's not the worst song because I think the 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 song from Quantum is worse than than Die Another Day. But it's 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 still like in the bottom five. Like it's it's oh yeah, it's bad. You know, so, if, I mean, if I'm a, if I I'm in in 2002, if I'm a, in a bar or a club and it's it, it's it's I hear that playing, yeah, I might you know. Do, 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 well, you do dance along to it. It's a cool dance song, but it, it's kind of like a it, it's a good but, end no. credits song. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was the dance remix. I'm like, oh, they, they're gonna fix it when. <laughs> Oh no! It it yeah. is like that, but the music video. I mean, and I have to say, I mean, some people uh, are very judgmental about Madonna, but uh, man, she she is. She's very talented. I just don't like the song. No, well, to me, she, I don't think that's the word he was gonna say. Uh, she's <laughs> freaking hot in that music video. I gotta say, uh, she's uh, in that era. She's. Uh, I I mean, the way she she is. 
there's a move she does and she must do a lot of yoga still to this day because she she bends her leg and she she's sitting and, and she's folded like a pretzel and she's like wow i i can't do that uh, even if i did a bunch of yoga all the time at the end of the fencing scene i love i remember when i saw this in theaters the entire audience chuckled when you saw a bunch of like the blades club staff people bringing new furniture new paintings into the into right the right away yeah building. right after everything's destroyed they're like just like, yeah there's nothing to see here <laughs> i personally like the q lab scene a lot and I know yeah. it feels forced with all the, with all the past gadgets and uh, nostalgia, you know, being a nostalgia fest. And must you touch everything? Does this still work? Now look. So where is this cutting edge stuff? I'm trying to get to it. I didn't mind it. I just I, I like John Cleese a lot. I've seen a lot of stuff that John Cleese has done in his career. Uh, I think he's a fabulous comedian. I think his performance as as R or Q or whatever in, in, in this movie is a little too over the top. I mean, Desmond Wynn kind of played it. There was a bit of comedy there, but he was like really the straight man, whereas John Cleese is, is kind of hamming it up a little bit more. I personally liked how it started out like you thought he was an MI6 and then it got raided, but then it's actually him training. And in 2002, I just come back from Korea. So like I did a lot of cool vert- what was then cutting edge virtual reality play. And, and I thought that was actually pretty cool. Remember Lawnmower Man? I am God here. Chris <laughs> Brosnan was in that. See, it, all, it's, it, it is all going, you know, the, the from, every, from filming to film and everything in between. I'm not a fan of the Q Lab. To me, it's distracting to me uh, to have big stars in Bond movie. You know, big stars should emerge from Bond movies, but not, you know, it, it, when you get Ali Bear, when you get, uh, what's your name from The World Is Not Enough? It's distracting. Sophie Marceau. Sophie no, Marceau. not Sophie Marceau. Uh, the other one. Denise uh, Richards. Oh, Denise Richards. Denise Richards. You need I mean, to, I thought the, to get people, good people, great actress that don't bring a lot of baggage and are going to uh, just, you know, it's going to blow them up. Kind of like it did for, uh, I mean, Pike. Uh, Rosen, Rosamund Pike is a good example. Speaking of uh, Rosamund Pike, that's that's not probably the, the best role she ever had. It's, it, you know, seeing her resume uh, 20 years on uh, in her career, it's a little bit, I wouldn't say embarrassing because she's probably proud of the work, but God, she's she's better than the material and she's better than the movie itself. It's oh, yeah. sort of... Uh, uh, but I mean, she's I mean, she's a very talented actress and she's done a lot of great work since kind of the much better work, actually. Like, yeah. obviously, Gone Girl was probably one of her, is one of, uh, to me, is one of her best performances ever. And, Everyone uh, did better work than this. I mean, even the... Poor Allie Toby Mary, Stevens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Toby, yeah. Toby Stevens, like he never took it off, but like a, a show I really liked him in was a mini series a few years ago. It's a spy mini series called Summer Rockets, where he plays like a Russian spot, like a British Russian spot, doubles agent spy. I, I, rec- I recommend it, by the way. But he's he's rated in Lost in Space. Uh, and uh, even uh, he also does the uh, doesn't he do the radio plays? Yeah, the radio yeah. Plays amazing. Too? Yeah, it does so, remind me. Each time I hear one of those, I'm like, "Oh God, that, that man should have played Bond." Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of like yeah, I I I think that too. I mean, he would have been 
good in that role or even playing uh, Ian Fleming at one point could have worked. Because initially the car chase was was supposed to continue on the uh, the ice lake and even going to like Iceland volcanoes, but then they're like, since we already built this massive set, let's just make the set take the chase into this palace instead. And I thought it worked. In the hotel, I didn't like it as much. Like on the ice itself was was okay, but at the same time, it's like, well, they're just driving away from the hotel and then they drive back. That's like, well, what was yeah. the well, point that's... of all that? You know, and and then his little garden thing with the 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 heat Eden, the Eden project. Like I that's like I felt like they're adding too much. Like what you've got the Eden project is one thing, but then you've got the whole you know ice laser power. weapon, and then you've got a nice palace, and then you've got pick something. Like let's focus on that one thing that the Bond villain is going to do. He's got a cool secret lair. It's a nice palace. Cool. That's all you need. And uh, and since I used to be a tire engineer, uh, the Yokohama provided the winter tires for this movie. Good to know. I'll make sure that the next time I got to buy winter tires, I uh, I ask your advice on that. <laughs> oh, it's it's fascinating how the uh, how they engineered the whole thing. I mean, the the when they get into the hotel and they're, they're driving through the hotel. I mean, there's there's it's it's in, it's really improbable. It's kind of cool though. But at the same time, it's like this. This would never happen. Like this is this is unrealistic um, as hell. I'm not a fan of everything that happens in the world. I have this issue with uh, ice and movies when it's uh, not. It, it it it's portrayed. It, God, I mean, just the way they're they're swimming. Like I'm 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 oh, watching this is horrible. I mean, this is horrible. Alibari and like the it's... water. It looks like to me. It looks like Batman and Robin with uh, plastic ice. Yeah. I will turn Gotham into an icy graveyard. Then I will pull Batman's heart from his body and feel it freeze in my hands. <sighs> Interesting concept, but it's just like if they, they had to do it indoors because they couldn't have built this outside and it would have been unsafe to use real ice. So I can understand all that stuff, but then, then, then like I'd adapt the scene to do it a different way because I mean, it looks it does look cool i mean you watch it as a 12 year old and it looks it's fantastic but looking at it now 20 years later as a, as uh, a fully grown adult the, this the is way ridiculous. he gets rid of zao is also kind of uh it's so stupid yeah oh see, like, see what, t- tire tire yeah. tire Jason. the tire so spikes tired. and then yeah and he drives, oh, he, drives. Uh, he could have achieved the same thing without the invisible camouflage thing that yeah that's I wish, yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, it would have been more cooler if, if we got to see the Vanquish athletes drive up without the camouflage. Yeah, because and, uh, he just did, he's, he's there, then he drives out. It's like, no, it's just like, like, anyway. When they were filming all the cold scenes, like in Iceland, they were, the problems that they had was the weather was too warm. And when they were in, in Cadiz, Spain filming all the Cuba scenes. Yeah, the weather, the weather was, was too the cold. weather was too cold because they're shooting in the middle of February or like late yeah. January, early February in Spain. So, but I mean, like I, I that that's something I don't understand. Like they wanted to look like Cuba, so they shot it in Spain. 
but I mean, like, I just don't understand why they didn't go with like, well, let's go with a, a tropical location to film at. I mean, there, there, there wasn't that much filming to do there. I mean, well, Spain's also the closest to UK, by the way. So no, I understand that too. But I mean, we're talking about a Bond film who is habitually filming in Jamaica and the Bahamas and, and these exotic locations. And, you know, it doesn't, just doesn't seem like they went that exotic for this movie. I thought Cuba, Spain. Yeah. The intention of being Cuba. in Cuba, yeah, I know. The, the intention of being Cuba is, I, I still, you know, even in can in Canada, especially in Quebec, it's 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 almost a cliche of going to Cuba during the the winter season, like uh, because you, it's in cold here. <laughs> well, yeah, also it's inexpensive, but to me, it's still. It, like I only went once, but still, it's sort of the exotic place. It, it, yeah. Oddly enough, it felt like I wasn't dying of the thing, even though they didn't shoot. I, you know, I could imagine. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like No Time to Die. Uh, you know, that No Time to Die feels less like Cuba than dying of the thing. I mean, uh, having been to Havana and all that, like it's definitely a set, but it's well done. I mean, it's it's not horribly done. Oh, as I yeah. said, it still does look like what it's intended to be. Like you got to get the feeling that this is this is kind of like that old world Spanish tropical. I wasn't there at night. I I don't know if you went at night. I I, I was there just during mm -hmm. the afternoon. To Havana? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't downtown. I was all I was drunk at the hotel. To be perfectly honest, at night uh, when I was in Cuba. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Very good times. Very. Good I time. love that outfit that he wears in Cuba. I I had a I I had a Hawaiian shirt like that when I was in eighth grade for sure. I want that shirt. I mean, but I had a Hawaiian shirt when I was in eighth grade at the time of Dino the they that look like that I will, I will not lie about that but i mean i almost bought one like a month a couple of months ago i saw one at uh, uh i forget which store i was in and there was one i think i sent it to you matt by uh by messenger me and felix found one and i was like well i could okay, maybe i could pull this off and and my wife said no no i'm not buying that you're gonna look stupid I also want to. Yeah, you're gonna look. You're gonna look comfy and relaxed, and I've but, I mean, she also doesn't like my blue polos, so it's like <laughs> I Why can't wear those around. You? <laughs> All for other reasons. The way like Neat Lee Tamahori cut and edited the film, like like for instance, like when Bond is arriving in when no when the movie moves to Iceland, like it does an overshot and like does a quick quick like speed ramps. Yeah, he does some editing tricks that where you know super odd at the time they're probably they're probably using commercials but they you know 20 years on 20 years on they stick out like a sore thumb it just i, I you know we oddly enough we just released an episode uh, about another movie that lita mohori directed and oddly enough it is probably my favorite movie um the edge and to me it's insane that the same guy directed one of the I want to say the, the, the least liked Bond movies of all time. It is insane because yeah. that movie has drama, has great acting, great direction, the editing's solid, but you compare that to Bond and Bond, I, I think he had all the toys at his disposal and, and started to toy with them. And The editor, Christian Wagner, he also said he really, really hated the the scene when Gustav Graves is presenting Icarus to the entire crowd, and he said he hated it because uh, <laughs> he said not not for the you know the fantasy elements, but he said like there's too much things happening at once. But it's already already reminiscent of of Tomorrow Never Dies with um, 
with Carver doing his speech too and present and you know his big grandiose presentation and the it, die another day just seems like so recycled what do we want to, we want to be born we want to be you know triple x oh, they weren't, big they weren't trying to be born be born born yet no, they, they weren't trying to be born, born yet, yet but yes. but they knew that born was a threat because they knew that there was they, this they, new they were trying filler. to be to be mission impossible they're trying to be mission impossible too as well as the matrix and the plane scene like with the with you know and he's, he's, off. he he tells his father that he's you know he's oh well you know i'm it's really me and he's like you disgraced the family that 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 was like okay spot on you are a disgrace to the family you wouldn't do all this crazy shit and you know it's 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 kind of off and then he's but he's got this like you're showing up the, the video now he's got that smug smile and he's got the then he's putting on the he's got the robocop oh, he's sneering he's yeah. sneering yeah. all the time the yeah, explosive this, decompression yeah. again that's goldfinger there's yeah that, uh, that scene always felt forced to me because i was like you're just trying too hard to be like goldfinger like yeah where's the gadgets all the gadget scenes in uh, and it's so stupid Q-Lab. all the henchmen that are in the cockpit except bond and gustav's grace are <laughs> out, of, out the window it is so stupid it's got too much going on because you've got like you got oh. jinx then has to fight off miranda frost at the same time and you know fly the plane fight him off uh autopilot and then they're autopilot. going to the, and they're going to the laser when the lamborghini and the Ferrari, you know, go off the ramp as well as the helicopter. Yeah. yeah. Like, as they're copying off living the, the living daylights and do it worse, in my opinion. Uh, this scene really bothered me a lot. And I thought it was very offensive. I was like, the way they portrayed, you know, because like, it was supposed to take place, you know, the North, the DMZ line. And when the helicopter starts running, like they portray Korea as a very Agarian culture. And I was like, really, Eon? I was like, Korea just hosted the World Cup in 2002, and how out of touch are you? Is your production team like Korea? at the time was in 2002 was like one of the 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 number one tech hub in the world or the growing well, tech yeah, hub in the it world. Still is. I mean, like Samsung and all these big major yeah. companies is all coming out of out of South Korea, and and even in, near the demilitarized zone, don't you have like major metropolises that are like right there? Yeah, ex- exactly. So that's why, like, that's why. I mean, it always bothered me. I was like. I was like, is Eon really that stupid? I'm like, no, they're making a movie for 12 year old. Yeah, that's, I think that's what we have got. I've got to really concentrate on it. And this movie is this is really marketed towards, you know, horny teenagers, (laughs) preteens and teens or early teens. I mean, my son hasn't watched this yet. And he's, he's just recently seen No Time to Die without having the context of the other four. um, What do you think? He liked it. He really liked it. But he kind of like he was already spoiled on on stuff like beforehand, so he can't he like he doesn't have that like virgin experience of of the movies. And he's seen Goldeneye, and he's seen some other stuff. And he, I mean, he thinks they're good, of course. They're they're marketed to him. It's like no, things mean. are going to explode. There's going to be shooting. There's going to be action. There's going to be running. There's going to be cool car chases. That's a fantastic Bond movie to me. This one is just really poorly written. Have they written it better and it edited better and had some and the shots here? It's shake, they're shaking, everything's shaking at the end. It's 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 honestly the the first time I saw it, I I still like the picture uh, at at that time, but at first I was exhausted and this makes me nauseous at times. Like when Uh, my my dad's my dad, that was my dad's exact reaction coming out of Die Another Day. 2002 i remember he was like i just feel nauseous or like exhausted out of the finale the ending was just so like ridiculous that i'm just tired i was 19 when i saw this and i was 
Like, I, I knew it was the worst bond that I had ever seen. I, I had a good time. James, here for the penguins this time or for the view again? William Lee is not because he play he was like in a fan fan made Mortal Kombat movie no fan made Power Rangers movie on YouTube a few years ago and like his right. Korean his his Korean is really bad and same with Rick Yoon's but uh I thought he spoke the best Korean or the most best pronunciation is when he tells Ba tells Zap to execute Bond in North Korea the pre title sequence it's like I'll say it in Korean it's like 무기 죽여 and I thought, like, and Can me you and say my dad it were the, again, Jason, but a little bit more anger and angst, more passion, and a little girl like uh, Batman. Okay, sure. That's and, actually much better. Thank you. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad. Just, I, 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 I feel that you're saying something mean, even though I don't understand the language. Actual subtitles, he said. The subtitle says, kill the, you know, the, the translated word says, clear the weapons, kill the British spy. But then in Korean, he actually says, move the weapon, clear the weapons, move the weapons, and kill that motherfucker Takesh. instead. Oh, and really? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that might be some. <laughs> oh, I love it. The, the, the sensor so, then gets, oh, my God. <laughs> so me and my dad were the only ones laughing during that, that scene. Oh. God. Uh, so, so that, so I would say that was probably my best memory of oh, watching that's a Die Another Day. Watching Die Another Day in theaters is like me and my dad being the only ones laughing oh. when he says that line. Yeah, I know that. That's actually a reason why you, it should be. Not only you got to see it with your dad, but that's actually a pretty funny joke. You, you got to enjoy only for by your for yourself. That's funny. Yeah. He said, and "Kill that, that motherfucker." And then uh, when Rick Yoon or Zhao says uh, to says execute, he doesn't say the same words. He says a very old Korean word. He says chachie, which means like execute him. And that's not really a used Korean word today. But I was like, okay, I'm actually happy that they actually got that into a script, though. Like, it, let alone in a modern movie, because that's a very old Korean word. <laughs> we end but the yeah, movie at the beach. What is it? Uh, what does Bond say to Jinx? Is like. We got to return these diamonds to the owner or something like that. I'll leave it in. Uh, leave it. It. Yeah, leave it in. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that dirty joke. And then I'll ask before we get to that ending is I actually, I, like I said, I, I like virtu the virtual reality at the time because, like, you know, it was very cutting edge. And when Bond, when Muddy Penny has the glasses on and, like, she's like, imagine yeah. making out. <laughs> That's a great scene. I like that scene too. <laughs> like the entire the entire theater erupted in laughter when that happened because like it was because like we all thought it was actually happening and then we're like oh it's not and you know we had it's amazing i would say my favorite part of die another day yes there is a favorite part is when bond is heading back from cuba to back to london on a british airways jet and we get a cameo by sir roger moore's daughter and he hands yes. him she hands him his martini. She's an air hostess, and she's like, "Here's your drink, sir." And and then the plane goes to turbulence, and he says, "Luckily, I asked. If, I asked for it shaken, and I like that. Hey, I know it's cheesy, but I liked it." And it's Sir Rod. Like she has the exact same facial structure as her father did. That's true. That's true. It's 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 cool. A uh, little inclusion there. Um, I think my favorite part of the movie is, I mean, I. I I really do like the the Cuban scenes just because I'm a big cigar fan. So I think the whole 
um, Delectados thing is is a big kind of lore from that movie that carries on to No Time to Die, and I think I think it was pretty cool. I, I mean, besides that, it's it's for me, it's the car. I mean, thank you for bringing back the Aston Martin Ford for this movie. Thank you for signing a multi-year deal with with uh, with the the Bond franchise to bring Ford vehicles yeah. as as you know different as they may be from what you think of as as luxury vehicles they bought a whole bunch of luxury companies and they threw them all at, at bond all at the same time um which i think is great at the same time but my favorite part of the movie before we close something we didn't discuss but i actually i i you know it's fun because I, i i follow that person on instagram it's the peaceful fountains of desire scene which yeah. the first time i saw it i was I was getting creeped out. I was like, "What's why is Bond behaving so like such a like a dirty old man?" Like when he yeah, it's like like uh, forcefully holding her against everything. Yeah, yeah, like and when it turns out, oh, she's she's a double agent. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like <laughs> this this was going uh, in a place that I was not like. It made me awkward, but at the same time, I liked it. It just it, it is no, but it's it's that type of thing. Fifty that Bond, Shades of Matt. No, no, and then films do when they take they take you somewhere that's uncomfortable. Sometimes you know it's just the fact that he shoots a man in the back twice. But sometimes yeah. it's it's being a little bit mean to, to a woman. It's kind of like when he uses a woman as a human shield in the spy you love me. You're like, what the hell is going yeah. on? Yeah, but this was a real rapey vibe. <laughs> yeah, it was real rapey yeah. vibe. But I'm. I like that scene. I think it's very well played, and I mean, Rachel Grant is easy on the eye, on the eyes, even to this day. I mean, and she, she from all sources and interviews I've seen of her lately, uh, I, she, uh, even on her personal Instagram, she looks like a fun, uh, fun. I think she's more attractive now than she was then, I, to be honest. I, 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 she's always been attractive, yeah. but it's just that she, she looks like a like the, the type of, the type of girl you you can have uh, you can bring to the pub and have fun just drinking beer and telling telling jokes. Um, yeah, that's that, that's the type of person that she seems like. I hope she is, and I hope eventually we get to talk to her. That's the that's one of the people involved in that movie that I'd love to talk to. Uh, besides Pierce Brosnan and Alec Berry, of course, and Toby Stevens. Well, yeah, and you uh, also I, met, and you also met Michael Madsen. You and yeah. did. <laughs> That's true. You guys did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we. That, that was such. There, there are stories. I, I think I've told you off mic. There are stories I can't tell that he told us. I mean, the, the, that's a character. The guy was. Uh, I, I think he was on uh, under like uh, he, he was uh, under some medication, and he looked like he was. Uh, I think he told a story that uh, that he got hurt or something, and I think his his house had just been set ablaze. Like he he lost a, his house in a fire a few months before that, and I, the guy was going through some some stuff. But he was you know he was generally uh, he was generally generally uh, likable and funny fun. fun person to talk to didn't tell us great stories i mean he's in the movie he's barely in the movies that's not like he's in the poster but the man mentioned that when um is he lost a picture that he liked that he he shot while making the movie because apparently he he, uh, he rode around the set on uh that little tiny bike and he took a pic they had a picture of that but he lost it in this this fire And mm. him and pierce brosnan were at neighbors at the time i think his their kids were actually uh childhood friends 
uh, the time they, that he was uh, making that movie, um, that and that's more or less why he was uh, hired to to be in that movie. He said, "Hey, Pierce, uh, can you get me in that new Bond movie? I really like to be in a Bond movie." So, I mean, I, I never minded his character. What was his name? Falco or Fla- Falco? Damien right? Falco the third. Not sure, not sure about the third though. Uh, Why would you I even didn't... mention that? Like that just seems so pretentious for nothing. No, that's me. I just made it up. I thought it was okay. Funny. I thought it was the same for the movie. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you got a text? Yeah, Megger. Oh, yeah. Actually, he's, Miss... oh, he, sa- he says hi, guys. Uh, I'm getting. Look at the message I just got. Okay, let me look at that message. Oh, he said it's a. It's a picture and oh, it's an, oh God, no, again. He sends, he, you know, he's, he's not sending us dick pics. He's sending us, <laughs> he's sending us, uh, do you have people everywhere pics? He wrote it on a chalkboard and <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't think he's everywhere. wearing clothes uh, behind that, that, that chalkboard. It looks like he's naked, but it's a big chalkboard uh, of Mr. White. So, uh, do we have people everywhere? I'm not gonna ask Emery because I mean he's cracking up. Jason, can you <laughs> can you clo- close us out? Clo- close clo- wrap the show. Can you do the? Yeah, we do have people everywhere, Matthew. Oh, as uh, Miss as as Monsieur Monsieur White or Mr. White is is also played by Michael Madsen and uh, what is it? Reservoir Oh, and Mr. Blonde, sorry about that. It says, as, as Mr. White in Reservoir Dogs or Mr. White or Mr. White play in Bond as well will say, uh, you can find us on Anchor or Spotify or any or Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to your podcast, to, to your podcast, subscribe and hit the, and hit and give us a five-star Golden Gun review as Edgar would always say. You can find us at Twitter at The Bond Complex. You can find us on Instagram at the James Bond Complex on Facebook, and you guys can also find my travels related to Fleming from film Fleming to film and everything in between. And I have some special 60th anniversary and 20 20th anniversary of Diana they post awaiting us Ooh. at JASXON88. And Emery, where can we find you? Um, well, I'm on both Twitter and uh, Instagram at double uh, seven underscore intrepid. And if you follow me there, you'll find mostly pictures of food. <laughs> I, I, uh, I take a ridiculous pleasure in what I eat and drink as James Bond does. Uh, and that's why I <laughs> need to work out a little bit more as well. <laughs> So those are our, those are where you guys can find us. And just as James Bond will return, hopefully 2025 and post the 60th anniversary. So too shall the James Bond complex next week. Merci. A la prochaine. Demain. Arigato matane. And thank you so much for listening and subscribing to us. Take care, everyone. Ciao. That's a goodbye in Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I made pronunciation is correct, but uh...